Hey, everybody. You've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, November 2nd, mm. 2021. We have survived the Halloween season. Man, and uh, yeah, it sounds like it was pretty bumping in here over the last couple of, well, I mean, I still say the last couple of days. Like, it's still Christmas, or Christmas. It's my Christmas, which is Halloween. Yes. And so, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that sentence all made sense. You're so excited about getting through Halloween that you uh, can <laughs> barely yeah. speak. It's hard, because it's like, it feels so like, I don't know, it really is a full month thing to me. And then, so when you you get to Halloween, and it was kind it was on the weekend too, which was kind of fun. And so I was just like watching movies, obviously. And then November 1st rolls around and you're just like, well, now what? Like, it just feels like this weird hangover or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I always get that after Halloween, after Christmas morning, where you're like, oh, all the fun's over now. Yeah, and I went looking for the discount candy yesterday, as one does, and it was like pretty cleaned out most places. Yeah, I concur. I was working on Halloween. And after Rocky Horror started, so around 9.30, we have a Shoppers Drug Mart right next door. Very convenient. And they close at 10. And I was like, well, this is perfect timing. (laughs) 9.30 on Halloween night. And they didn't have anything. Wow. So I don't know if they just put the sale on earlier or if they put it all in a truck to go to one central location or something. But but they didn't tell us which location. Yeah. We'd be there now. Because sometimes you luck out at a place like Shoppers and you walk in and they're like, 10 cents and there's like five bags of candy because mm-hmm. they just want to get rid of them yeah but yeah same thing i couldn't find any candy well you cheap. just saved me time because i was yeah. gonna go there after <laughs> this and it's already been two days like yeah i went to two i went to a rexall and they had some stuff but it was like you know not to be a jerk but it was like not what <laughs> not i would want highbrow yeah well because like they had like a giant bag of the chupa chups suckers and i'm like they're fine but i'm not really a sucker guy and like yeah there was like red vines and like and the kind of red vines are the worst yeah like it's just i was like trying not to be too bougie or whatever i literally just wanted you know like a typical box of well i mean the one i like is the child's play one which is like you know i also like chucky but that's the tootsie rolls one you know because it has all the different types yeah but it also has the dots which are like the worst jujube type thing ever those are just trash but Anyway, so like I like that one, but I mean, so they had that at the one shoppers we went to, but they were, it was still like $11 at 50% off. Yeah. Like, or maybe it was like $8, 50% off kind of thing. And I, and I was like, well, because it was like, still like all in would be about 10 bucks. And I'm like, am I saving money? Like, yeah. I mean, I guess I am, but I really didn't. They had suckers in there and the jujubes. And I'm like, I don't even want those. So I'm basically, should I just go to bulk barn? Is that basically what I'm learning here? Years back. In my pre-vegan days, we walked into somewhere, a Walmart or something like that, and they had, I'm not kidding, they had Cadbury cream eggs for five cents. Wow. And this wasn't in like 1943. This was like, (laughs) you know, a few years ago. And I think, and it was like a big jug of them. And I guess they were probably a day away from expiry or something. (laughs) And they were just like, we just got to get rid of these. But at that point, I'm like, I guess it's cool that you're not just throwing them out. So my friends and I bought a lot of Cadbury cream eggs more than you'd care to admit. (laughs) And then this was in our earlier bachelor days, which did not mean out partying. It meant just four (laughs) guys watching movies and playing Mario Kart, (laughs) you know, (laughs) jamming as many cream eggs as you can. And not even some world record number, but I might've eaten four. (laughs) And I just remember being on the couch and just being like, Oh my God, that was a mistake. They're not, they're okay, but like even two is kind of Herculean. Yeah, I was, and but I was eating them like M and M's, you know. Oh man, they're <laughs> they're heavy. It was a bad idea. And at four, 
there was oh, still God. a dozen on the coffee table mm. and we're, all of us were just like Oh, this was bad. This was a horrible idea. Man, that's like when when you like have too much of one type of alcohol or something as a as, well. I was gonna say as a kid, but you know, as a younger person, and right? Then you're like, I could never have that again. Like most people's yeah. like gin or something. Yeah, or, and, I'm like, and then slugger. I became a vegan because of Cadbury yeah. eggs. Yeah, and I, I could totally see that because like it just that's a very particular taste. Yeah, you don't. Most people, you know, once a year you like them or something, but it's just. God, like I get because it sounds if people listen to this, they're gonna be like, oh, four, that's not even that many. But it's like, if you're, you know, if you've ever had one of those before, you know that that's, that's, yeah, tough. I dare you. And we probably had pizza or something for actual <laughs> dinner. So this was like dessert. So it wasn't like I had a oh, salad, then some Cadbury eggs. We probably had like some KFC or Taco Bell Man. and then kicked it off with Cadbury eggs. And we're lucky to be alive. Damn, Gwen saved you, I'd like to think. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like when I met him, he was still eating <laughs> yeah. just those cream eggs. Like, and then he became a vegan. Yeah, it's that's funny. You'd, most people would think it was a meat thing that pushed you over the edge. But no, it was those eggs. In reality, it was watching too many documentaries. That's mm. what pushed me over the edge. But you mentioned Red Vines, which is funny because that just came up in Halloween conversation. I think Red Vines just snuck their way into Canada, right? Yeah, because they, they were totally American. Because I had them for the first time after years of them just being in the candy pop culture brainwaves yeah and i thought they were terrible <laughs> and i don't know if i thought they were terrible just because i've been raised off of twizzlers yeah and maybe if i was raised off of red vines i would think twizzlers are terrible but it's weird that they're sneaking in now mm-hmm. because for yeah forever they were just purely you had to be in the wild of the united states yeah to well, get those. and it was at rexall that i saw it, which i'm pretty certain is a, an american company oh yeah so i don't know if that's maybe i'm looking too far into it but that, that may well be that they have these weird connections but like i i don't know i haven't like yeah i thought it was a little odd too but i'm just i don't know i'm not the biggest licorice guy like i, I kind of i like nibs from time to time but even then i i feel like i'm like getting too curmudgeon for nibs like i'm like <laughs> ah you know because sometimes you get those ones that are just way too uh not frozen but i don't know they're not chewy and like so that's the issue i'm like am i just getting like too like ah it's just i need to have some sort of softer chewable thing here so what did you do on actual halloween because you're a real grown-up with a house now did right? you did you have kids come <laughs> over and give them candy and have eggs thrown at your house and well, stuff funny funny story you know and i also thought you know the night on the saturday night which was like quote-unquote devil's night i was like oh no is someone gonna like I guess, or I don't know, burn the house down. I don't know what things, what, what, <laughs> yeah. what happens, you know. But uh, anyway, so last year for Halloween, that was the first year that we were in the house. It was COVID Halloween, which oh, right. is just nothing. Nothing, yeah. <laughs> so, and we were not broken up about that because it it still felt like we'd, I think we moved in in like May or something like that. So it hadn't been like that long. Like, I mean, it's it would have been months, but still, you know, you just, you feel like you're not ready. And so... Like, honestly, when I grew up, I grew up in the middle of nowhere at the end of a long driveway. And, like, so we had, like, no kids. Like, maybe three or four, if that. Which was great for getting to keep the candy that we didn't give out. But, you know, when it comes to, like, I almost feel like I'm almost, like, a bit shell-shocked and possibly a bit selfish now. Because I'm just so used to, like, I've always been in, like, either an apartment building or, like, you know, just not an easily accessible door. And so I'm just, I'm kind of used to not having trick-or-treaters and not having to worry about this. And so... This year, like my parents had passed on a bag of candy to give out kind of thing to pass to my sister. Not going to lie, kind of ran out of snacks myself and started eating them. <laughs> like, But they gave it weeks before Halloween. Like that's on them. And so I messed with my sister. I was like, listen, maybe that bag of candy is not going to make it to you. And she was like, it's fine. Like, I don't know why they do it. It's just like they live in like a retirement community. So I don't even think they're allowed to have trick-or-treaters. 
So anyways, so I, I had that by the door. I didn't eat all of them. I was like, okay, I'm going to keep this by the door. If we have trick-or-treaters, I'm set. If not, no big deal. So we get to the night of, and like we were going to have people over on the Saturday. And by people, I mean like literally one couple, friend of ours. They had to cancel. And so on the day of, I'd been trying to do, um, I always do the 31 movies a, a month type of thing for October. One per day. I know this story is like way longer than anyone expected. I'm almost <laughs> they done. They just want to know if Trick or Treaters showed God. up. I'm almost done. <laughs> anyway, this year I wanted to do 50 movies because I had kind of gotten a good start and I, was, and I was almost there. So I had three left. So Halloween night, my thing was like, I need to watch three more movies. I'm at 47. And yes, for 47, I watched 47 Meters Down as a side note. So that was my plan. I was going to watch those. And so we both kind of just exchanged glances. They're just kind of like, maybe we don't turn the light on outside. And maybe we don't, you know, make it obvious that we're home. So the long story short of it is we kind of pretended to not be home so that we could eat candy alone and watch horror movies <laughs> alone. Monsters. And I've, monsters. I've, I've talked to my wife about this. I was like, it is so weird. I am Mr. Halloween. I love Halloween so much. I love the community we're in. I should be this guy who's like going crazy and putting up stuff and, and I'm in costume and I'm open the door messing with people or whatever. But I'm not. Like, yeah. I, I think I, I can be that guy. But I think it's just... A lot of it is still, we're still in the COVID hangover almost. And I think we're just like, we needed another year. We're just, you know, things are a little weird. You know, it's a Sunday night. I, I really had to watch three movies. I'm so sorry, kids, you know, but yeah. So the long story short is like, we kind of stayed in, did what we always do. And we did feel guilty because like, I know it's a big deal. And we should be better with the community next year. I swear next year. I love the image of you with all the lights turned off <laughs> with the curtains drawn <laughs> Hiding in, I don't, is your oh, TV God. room in the basement? Yeah, thank you. Okay, that's better. So you're hiding in the basement. Yeah. Just like sweating. So pathetic. Looking at the clock, hoping you finish the three movies by midnight. And you're like, we got to go. We got to yeah. go. I was also looking at the clock being like, okay, is it is it the end of trick-or-treating yet so that we can oh, not right. be hiding? Because it was like yeah. four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock. I was like, okay, we're getting closer. We were in the kitchen like making dinner. And I like, faster, faster. And we had one particular light on and I shut it off because it might be visible from the front door. That's how pathetic I got. And then so my wife goes to turn on because we both have bad eyes. And I was like, ah, the trick-or-treaters. <laughs> yeah, so literally this story does not make me look good at all. But I promise next year will be because I'm like, I, shouldn't I be the full size candy bar guy or the like cool snacks guy? Yeah. Next year, you got to be dressed as a Dracula, <laughs> giving out full size chocolate bars yeah. with zombie mannequins on your front lawn. Oh, yeah. That gigantic, the 25 footer or whatever. You oh, my get. God. In, in the hood over um, across the water over by Lansdowne, I biked by one. Oh, wow. It's bonkers. Yeah. Like it's a full is it 25 feet? It might not. 25 seems insane. Maybe it maybe a, it's like 15. It was a two-level row house, yeah. and it was pretty big. Like, yeah. it was tall as the balcony. And there's just this giant monster <laughs> standing there. And I was like, one, how much does that cost? A lot. Two, what do you do with it the rest of the year? Because you've got a 15-foot dead guy to hide in your basement or garage like, yeah it's not good it, it, it was like uh that sounds like uh the plot of like gulliver's travels or something if he dies accidentally like well what the hell are we gonna do with this <laughs> giant corpse ah, we'll just use him like one of those tall skeletons that's very clever so for my halloween <laughs> i worked a million hours at the mayfair oh god and it was our non-participation just sit and watch edition oh, i'm so excited to hear this one of the rocky horror picture show and our patrons are great, but elsewhere on the internet, where I don't look... <laughs> sure, sure. Poor Sam and Lee were getting worried because they're... And it's like, you know, it was probably like four trolls 
just being mean and saying like, why bother doing it? That's so stupid, et cetera, et cetera. Meanwhile, my internet is sunshine and rainbows because I've curated it down Mm -hmm. to just be nice nerds and like movie sites and filmmakers and comic books and whatever, you know? So I don't go look at politics or go to (laughs) Reddit slash people angry at Mayfair slash whatever. So there was one person on Sam's Facebook feed who, again, on the off chance you're listening, Mm -hmm. I bear no ill will to, but it was a funny thing because they just put, what did they put? Completely useless or completely (laughs) pointless. They put completely Uh, pointless. And usually I just let it slide. But I replied, well, I don't think it's pointless. A lot of people have said it's going to be fun, blah, blah, blah. And it got a lot of nice response. So because I'm not a troll, I had to refrain (laughs) from... You would be a great troll, by the way. ...from (laughs) responding to that person that we had a bonkers weekend. Right. It was amazing. (laughs) It was packed houses. We had a security person who we work with for big events like this. Nice. Not a single can of beer found in a backpack. Afterwards, while doing cleanup, not a single can found under a seat. That's shocking, actually. Nobody trying to smuggle in rice or toast or whatever. <laughs> which sound, which would sound weird which for any other screening, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sam did this lovely introduction in character, mm. which was really great. And he basically said, everyone just sit down and shut the F up. <laughs> and everyone laughed. But then as people were coming in... The box office manager and myself, I was kind of advanced ticket usher, zapping all the tickets in, kind of just said quickly, like, oh, you know, this is a laid back version, right? Yep. Okay, cool. Thumbs up. Everybody was great. Not only that, a number of people said, this is my first time seeing it. So I think it's cool to just watch it once and then next year come back and see it full blown. And a few people saying, I kind of have anxiety around big crowds or like noises and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So more than one person said... As I was small talking that, said, this is my chance to see it without the craziness. Mm-hmm. So then I find myself with one of the crew members and our security guard standing by when that first time warp is about to happen. <laughs> and I'm genuinely waiting for a, a flash mob to break out yeah. and people to just start throwing toasters at the screen. Yeah, you had a taser ready to go yeah. just in case. <laughs> Nothing happened. People still laughing or clapping. Yeah. I noticed a couple of people kind of shimming in their seats you know like hey you watch (laughs) it buddy (laughs) but my grinch heart grew three sizes because i was just like oh my god everybody is playing along everybody gets why we're doing this everybody gets that we wish it could be a full shadow cast afterwards everybody thanking us not a big mess to clean up and i just not that i needed it but it renewed my faith in humanity that we're all getting through this weird thing Mm -hmm. so it was really great and i said We'll be able to look back and be like, hey, grandkids, this weird time in 2021, we were the first people to watch Rocky Horror Vanilla for the first time in four decades. Yeah. And the only thing that was completely pointless was that person's comment. Yeah. How about that? Take that. <laughs> yeah. It was great. It was really great. Everybody had a good time. And it also restored our faith that, oh, maybe we can do a an adapted cartoon party. Maybe mm-hmm. we can do a live music with silent film. Oscars are on the horizon only a few months away. Yeah. Who knows where we'll be then, but hopefully in a much better place. So it was good all around. Yeah, yeah. The room, uh, we're still... The room, we're that's still... That's a whole other... Not to say we don't trust it. It's just like, I, I kind of feel like with that, it's like, would you even want a stripped down version of that? Sure, it sucks not seeing the movie you've seen a hundred times in the way that you've seen it a hundred times. But 
wouldn't you rather wait a bit longer, you know, like, and have it do it proper? I, I don't have yeah. an answer. I literally don't. And I will say, this is secret news for our listening ah. audience. Greg is coming back. Greg Sestero mm. will be back in January or February oh, man. with his new horror film. Love it. Which we chatted with him about man. two years ago. Yeah. So it's done. And he's done a couple of American film fests. And he's going to come to Canada once that's a slightly safer thing to do in the new year. So that will be the time when everybody's like, okay, you got to show the room. Right. I almost think it would be a time where Greg might not want to show the room because mm-hmm. he's focusing on his future versus his past. Right. But he's also a very cool guy and very great with the room fans and understanding that they might want to see this around now. Well, and, and also that, I mean, it supports us as well. Yes. So it's kind of, I mean, it'd be a, I mean, I, I do feel for him in that because like, my God, like you must just get so tired of hearing that movie so many times in so many cities. But yeah, but at the same time, yeah, like, I mean, he definitely respects like where he came from or like what got him in a lot of people's eyes and gave him the opportunity to, sh- to make these movies, show these movies, you know? Yeah. And I think this is, he's in a position now, what became two films, Kill Bill style, mm-hmm. his last two films, Best Friend slash Best Fiend. Mm-hmm. I said to him, I joked with him, I said, the problem with your new movie is it's not terrible. <laughs> and people are thinking it's going to be another room and instead they're like oh well done you know it's good like i really (laughs) liked it actually so and i and i think his next movie is going to be better yeah i think he's going to be a filmmaker now and and he's going to have the position to make these low budget horror films low budget films he's going to have a career which is so great because to come out of the room it might have completely ruined him but instead now he co-wrote a great book and now he's making movies so Anyhow, Greg will be back in the new year, and I think that's when The Room will return. I wouldn't be surprised even if we don't go back to monthly, just because The Room was not gangbusters as it once was. And I almost think maybe going quarterly, like Saturday morning cartoons, mm-hmm. might have more attention to it, you know? Yeah. Give it a bit more of a wait between, a bit, bit more of an anticipation in between. So we shall see. One way or the other, it'll be great to have Greg back. He's a great guy. He's a fun guy to have around. Yeah, and I think if, for that scenario, it would be worth considering a non... Well, maybe not non-preservation entirely, but, you know, maybe, like, no spoons or something like that. I don't know. Like, Yeah, just, in theory. just yell spoons. Yeah, like, I, I, that's just as good. It's, like, less cleanup, less handling of stuff. Like, I don't know. I feel like... Please, I feel like I'm reasoning with the yeah. room audience <laughs> over the air here, but, like, you know, like, it's it's good enough to, to be able to have it happen at all. So, I mean, well, we'll see. I got to say, doing back-to-back Rocky Horror shows, and after each movie, Sam did a little Q&A, which was fun, and we just multitasked, and while he was Q&Aing, because the crowd kind of empties out for Q&As all the time, we swept up. And I got to tell you, having to only sweep up in the half-hour cleanup time in between shows versus take away 10 garbage bags of garbage... Yeah. That was very nice. Oh, God. It was so <laughs> was very ugly. nice. It was like a foot of, by the end of the night, you know, most years, it's like a foot of just trash, like random. Completely bonkers. And for the third show, sometimes we'd have garbage bags of not horribly <laughs> gooey garbage, but just of like <laughs> oh, God. toilet paper rolls and yeah. toast, just kind of at the front of the cinema. And we'd look like some crazy post-apocalyptic New York movie theater or something. Mm. So that was very nice to not have to clean up that mound of weird garbage. 
Yeah, and and Sam, uh, I think he introduced cinema as well afterwards. He did, and that was a good. I imagine a good turnout. Yep. Yeah. We always kind of don't talk about cinema, but we can say that it was a movie closely associated with Rocky Horror, and a it, sequel per se. Yeah, yeah, of sorts. <laughs> and I did. I would have loved to have stuck around, but I worked till midnight and had to be back in the morning for the church that rents out the Mayfair oh, right. because everybody's schedule was so packed. So it wasn't too bad because normally I kind of am not a good go-to-bed early sleeper. So I went home and went to bed at 1230 and mm-hmm. woke up at 8 in the morning. So it wasn't like I had two hours sleep. Yeah. But I did just leave my backpack and computer here Maybe because so. I was like... If not for the midnight show, I could have just slept here, but then it's haunted, so you don't want to do that. No, so. no, that's especially after Rocky Horror with no participation. I don't know. Yeah, it feels yeah. like there's more <laughs> ghosts happening after that. I don't know how this works. Yeah. But that was good. Cinema might be something, too. I think we did it a few times in the before times of doing it. Didn't we do it bi-weekly? What do you say? Bi-weekly? Yeah. Bi-monthly? Yeah, well, and we definitely we were going to do that right yeah. before the pandemic happened, and it was I was pretty excited about that, obviously. It doesn't and- take a lot to excite me, though. I did a couple of job interviews today for oh, Mayfair. You're staff. leaving us? I'm leaving. No. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the candy bar shift. What a weird pivot for an <laughs> owner to do, but hey. Yeah. Because and this sounds hilarious, but it's kind of finally replacing you. Oh, here we go. Which which isn't possible, but <laughs> impossible. Go on. Big shoes to fill. Yeah. Because it is so funny. I said to one of the people who came in for um, I almost said audition for an well, interview. Kind of that we're replacing a couple people we lost. And then there was this tiniest dramatic pause, and I went, just other jobs, not lost, lost. Yeah. Because during COVID, you know, yeah. oh. Because Megan went on and is a journalist now. Jeez. You have a real job. Yeah. Anya is not officially gone yet, but I think is more or less gone because she has a real job now. And then poor Christy, who has a real job, comes back and works like once a month, like a fourth backup goalie Man. when we need her because she's a trooper. <laughs> but so... The reason hiring a couple more candy bar people is because, fingers crossed, Friday, Saturdays might need more people now because we have a full capacity limit. Mm-hmm. And doing stuff like The Shining or Rocky Horror are always more busy. So yeah, so we did that today. So that's another bit of Mayfair news, trying to get some fresh blood in here. Good interviews? They were good, yes. Yeah. And which is nice. And it's, it's a good place to do interviews for because it's not Taco Bell or Digging Ditches. Yeah. And it's usually people who are familiar with the Mayfair, so they kind of know what kind of stuff we do in the hours and stuff like that. Because it's weird hours. Like yeah. if you're, and I don't say real job in any offense to us of working here, to us working here, but just like you know, I, I think in my brain, real job is nine to five, Monday yeah. to Friday, that kind of thing. Where we're like three thirty till eleven. Yeah. So it's it, you got to like to work nights. You got to have not have school till four o'clock in the afternoon. And we juggle our shifts with people who do have school or do have other jobs, but that's movie theaters forever. Yeah. Right? That's why that's why we lose you to a real job because <laughs> it's people who are the the one of the people I interviewed today was at Carlton. Actually both of them were students. So nice. they said, yeah, they could work a few days a week and then they couldn't work these days. You that know, it makes the most sense. Yes. Because Saturday, on a certain Saturday, you might not get out until 1 o'clock. You know, you might do 5 p.m. to 1 o'clock if it's a cinema or something like that. Like, exactly. And I said common. that, too. Both people lived, one in Centertown and one by Billings Bridge. Nice. So close enough to, if need be, walk or bike or bus or drive, whatever. But mm-hmm. if they are not drivers, somewhere they could walk home at 1 in the morning in 20 minutes, you know, and not be stranded. Like, poor Andrew when he used to live <laughs> out by Bayshore, oh, God. which for out-of-towners... 
way far away yeah and even like me i'm close enough now that even if one of the buses stops i can still walk from rito so it's like right not awful but yeah in the winter that's when it starts to feel five times farther and i get suckered in because lee lives in the suburbia of orleans where i live a six minute bike ride away so i'm good to come in last minute if need be yeah i wish i lived one of our managers said no you don't i said i wish i lived at a house like right next door yeah because then i could be like oh there's gonna be a big crowd at the last minute and i could run over and help <laughs> out but at least now i'm I'm close enough to do that kind of thing but you, you could just live under the bridge and live out your troll life that you've never done well lee said when uh, lee makes these jokes and i don't like these jokes <laughs> but lee always goes when our wives realize that they're so much better than us and leave us and mm. i hate it when he makes those jokes but he makes those jokes all the time because uh, we're just nerds we we've really married up yeah. you know he says we could build a shack on the roof of the Mayfair oh, man. and have a little treehouse up there and then just have a, a Batman fireman's pole down to the projection booth. Yeah, but you're living with him and then, and then you're like, I see why your wife <laughs> left you. You're like, it's like, we're the original odd couple, <laughs> except we're both movie nerds who love Star Wars. So it's like, oh, yeah, I can't imagine after about two days of uh, living together in a shack. <laughs> I can only imagine the tension. We'll do a documentary. We'll do a reality series could be good hey he filmed a scene up there for his movies so it's like maybe they was just testing the waters about living up there yeah 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 so i'm gonna do something now i didn't even get to tell eric about this oh we're gonna take a very quick little 30 second commercial break oh because we sold ad space this week what i didn't even know that was happening i know someone came to us the fine folks at enviro center it's a local group and they have a campaign coming up called mygreenlifestyle.ca oh i like this so like professionals we're gonna take a quick little 30 second break play this trailer play this trailer play this commercial oh good start and then when we come back we'll talk about the movies coming up the week of november 5th nice we'll be right back our actions shape our world and our climate sometimes it can be hard to know where we fit into the bigger picture what exactly do we need to do to address climate change and how can we get involved in our daily lives? That's where EnviroCenter's My Green Lifestyle courses come in. Our courses equip you with the tools you need to take action on climate, whether it's how to reduce your carbon footprint or how to help your city and community meet its climate targets. A green lifestyle is about more than just living lightly. It's about building a better future. Visit our website today to enroll in our courses at mygreenlifestyle.ca. And we're back. Oh, that's good. I was hoping we were just going to say how great Enviro Center is. And like, they're like, oh, we trust you. Just ad lib an ad. I said that to them. I said, <laughs> I said, we can read ad copy, but they made a very professional trailer for before the movies. Oh, nice. So it's... thank you very much. They have bought ad space for a month in front of movies. Oh, so if you come in November, you will see a 30 second spot before the movie. And they bought podcast advertising. That's amazing. So they doubled down. So first ever, man, this is so cool. I feel so swanky. Almost. I know, but that's what I said. I said, I'd like to just play your ad because it makes us look really professional. Yeah. And it's not stamps.com or MailChimp or like the no. ones I hear on other things. And they said they're a local group. So they wanted to support local. Uh, and so that's even better. And I said, we will probably ramble on about you for a couple minutes afterwards because we're so excited about selling ad space. I was going to say, I hope that that part's okay because I'm just going to keep rambling. But I'm like, Enviro, Green, they're saying all the good stuff. Yeah. I'll send you the commercial. Or yeah. if you come see a movie, you'll see it. But It's true. And when I hear this podcast, I guess I'll hear it. You'll but hear it's not, it. Yeah. But it's not, there's no visual, so I need <laughs> no. to see it. But yeah, Amazing. so like professionals, we have cut the podcast in half. And now 
We will chat about the movies coming up the week of Friday, November 5th through Thursday, November 11th. Brought to you by Enviro Center. That's right. <laughs> I'll stop we'll, now. We're going to get swag. We'll get like baseball caps oh, and man. shirts. And... So I always love the Enviro Center. <laughs> so first up is the new film, The Card Counter. Oh, I heard about that. I heard this is really good. This, a lot of people say this about movies as they come out. This might be one of the big Oscar movies this year. It is with Oscar Isaac. Oh, it, it's even in the title. It says Oscar. So, I mean. It has to win Oscar. Yeah, he's going to win for sure. And directed by Paul Schrader, who, of course, most famously wrote Bringing Out the Dead, starring Nicolas Cage. Of course. And he's done some other things like Taxi Driver mm. and Raging Bull. First Reformed. Yeah, First Reformed, which is pretty great. So, he writes a lot of big shot Martin Scorsese screenplays. Mm. And then every once in a while directs kind of an art house movie. This is a story about, I guess, a crime story. But it's like a, it's a, a revenge gambler movie mm. and oscar isaac as per usual is supposed to be just great in it and they say it's just like slow burn of a performance where he's just like calm scary guy and but then, i mean i assume he snaps at some point i, I, I think Maybe yeah not. i'm assuming <laughs> the the end he snaps and kills okay. a bunch of people just just to be clear it's a falling down type scenario by the end of yeah the movie. and then our second film this week is passing which is a period piece set in the 1920s. Oh, that's cool. And it's with Tessa Thompson, who, because I'm a nerd, I know from the Marvel movies. She okay. plays Valkyrie in Thor. Mm. And Ruth Nega. Oh, she's great. She's in Preacher. And was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So she's doubled down on her nerd cred. Yeah, and she's in, was she in Watchmen? She was in a really great movie called Loving which is from the director Jeff Nichols. Oh, he's awesome. Who has a perfect record. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's done a bad movie yet. So I think that was kind of her big breakthrough feature film. Jeff Nichols directed Take Shelter, Midnight Special, Mud, and Loving. All great films. Yeah. And Passing is about 1920s, and it's about two black women best friends, one of which is living the life of a white woman. Hmm. I think with the thanks to having a slightly paler complexion and makeup. And I think it's based off of a, not a true story per se, but kind of true stories that have been historical events that have happened of black people doing that in mm -hmm. these horrible times. And it's horrible because this movie takes place 100 years ago. Yeah. And we still live in horrible times. Yeah, like code switching, basically. <laughs> yeah, which is always these movies of, of you're like, hey, 100 years from now, things will be better. Yeah. Nope, still horrible. Yeesh. That, unlike some movies playing recently, is a 90-minute film. And I like that we're playing some shorter films because recently I worked a day where we played three two and a half hour movies in a row. Oof. That was too much. <laughs> yeah, that's really, especially when you're trying to plan when to make more popcorn or get supplies or anything like that. And you're like, all right, still got another hour, hour and, and a half. half. <laughs> yeah. Well. So yeah, so our two new films this week are The Card Counter and Passing. And then by happenstance, we have a pair of 50th anniversary retro films. Oh, I like that. The first one is... Really, I mean, when you say cult classic, this is a cult classic. Harold and Maude, mm -hmm. which I saw for the first time here at the Mayfair back in high school. We haven't played it for a while, but it's really, really a cornerstone 1970s cult classic. It's a dark romantic comedy about a younger person who's obsessed with death who meets I think an 80-year-old? I forget. Yeah, it sounds about right. A senior, senior citizen, and she kind of teaches him about life, and he is a weird kid who's obsessed with death. Not a kid, like a 20-year-old in his mid-20s, I think, something like that. And famously, it's 
music by Cat Stevens is mm. something that is really lived on as well on its own, but really a cornerstone cult film. If you have not seen Take This Chance, especially in its 50th anniversary, yeah. is a great movie to see at the Mayfair. I have not seen it. Come see it. I know. I'm, I'm, it's bad. I had 50 years and I still haven't, <laughs> you still seen, haven't it. seen it. And then our other film celebrating its 50th year is Clint Eastwood's directorial debut, oh. Play Misty for Me. Oh, that, that's a good movie with Jessica Walter. Jessica Walter. So for all you kids out there and myself who only know Jessica Walter from Archer and Arrested Development, this was her breakthrough role 50 years ago. And it's a movie that a lot of people point to of being that thriller horror film that happened before Basic Instinct or before that kind of genre of yeah. the scorned girlfriend kind of thing. Was it 72 or is it later than that? 71. 71. So, okay, that's pretty f- close. 50th anniversary. Yeah. Ah, damn, damn okay. <laughs> math. Well, math. Well, this has gone well. And it's also like Fatal Attraction. This movie mm. kind of predates that kind of genre. But it's really historical. I mean, it's it's Clint Eastwood's first directorial effort. And like many actors who had success that have come afterwards, like say, who am I thinking of? Like say George Clooney or somebody like that. It was really unexpected because he was just this kind of handsome young cowboy leading man. Yeah. And that in the years to come, he would become a really respected filmmaker and branch out and do movies like Bridges of Madison County and Unforgiven and win a bunch of awards. So really important movie in that sense and on top of that i think is kind of a really just fun pulpy genre film of uh of that thriller yeah it's a really good movie like i i, I watched it uh, yeah vhs in the late 90s i think there's a lot of kind of gets under your skin a little bit i guess and and uh and they're they're both incredible in it but the crazy thing to me is just that he's still directing like he's literally been directing for 50 years now, yes. that I, now that I know the math, <laughs> it's, yeah, and that's pretty respectable in its own right. Because I mean, it's it's uh, you know, as you pointed out, it's it's hard enough for an actor to you know become a director as it is, let alone to direct good films, let alone to keep directing good films. And he's gonna die with his boots on because yeah. I'm pretty sure he has one or two more projects slated, mm-hmm. and he's old, quite old, <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, quite so, old. So, and this is part of our Clint Eastwood Film Fest. So if you check our schedule, you will see that we have a bunch of Clint Eastwood films throughout November. Play Misty for Me, Dirty Harry, High Plains Drifter, Outlaw Josie Wales, and Unforgiven. And on two of the nights for Unforgiven, it's going to be a 35 millimeter print, which all you nerds are always asking about. So come see that because that is truly few and far in between that we get a chance to show a movie on film nowadays so you can make a fun joke if we were doing two in one night you'd be like you can pay for the first one and for a few dollars more see the second one yeah and it's funny because the movie called that but it's also more than a few dollars it's <laughs> a still a good gag and then we've got a few films booked coming up we have tick tick boom which is the lin-manuel miranda movie oh, right. which yeah. i hope does really well for us that's actually an ottawa premiere oh boy because we have hamilton coming up in ottawa so all nice. the people going to see hamilton have to come see tick tick boom yeah hoping for an explosive box office for that film yeah <laughs> and then we booked fright night for december oh just as proof that halloween really never ends at the mayfair of course and and as a twist it's the remake of fright night no, no it's not it's, no, not. it's not. the real fright night. we wouldn't do that to you so we're going to wrap things up for the day. I got to get home because I got a brand new puppy. What? What? Yeah. How, how, what? how would you drop that at the very end like this? I could talk about, yeah, we're, we're running out of time. But the long and short of it is it's pretty fascinating. I can talk about more next time. On death row in Texas, 
she and 37 other puppies drove across the border in Windsor yesterday. They, okay, the dog's driving the now, dogs too. Drove. So you, the dog's drove. No, they, they made a break for it. And uh, it's a lot of paperwork, a lot of figuring stuff out, a lot of heroic volunteers were supposed to pick her up Halloween, but got delayed at the border. So I got to pick her up yesterday afternoon. So what? we've got a fresh puppy at home. You're sure this isn't a documentary we're showing? Because like, this all sounds like <laughs> I a know, plot. I know, I know. It sounds pretty good. You've been doing too many podcasts. <laughs> yeah. But I'm hoping she's a little tiny, uh, the very noble breed of the Chowini. Oh, boy. I'm, I don't ever say that again. <laughs> I dare you. I can't do this. I'm going to write you up with human resources. What's the dog's name, though? We need to Barda. Know. Barda? Barda. With a D. Okay. Barda, named after Big Barda, the Jack Kirby fourth world character from DC Comics from the 1960s, which I love. Of course. Yeah. Uh, who wouldn't know that? And it's funny because she's tiny. You yeah. Know? But she's a little dog, so I think I can actually, like... Do like the old man working at a bookstore. If I'm working a matinee shift, bring her in and have her like sleep in a bed beside me kind of thing. You, that's how you're picturing it anyway. That's how I'm picturing I, it. I hope that's how it goes. And then she's like running around the aisles. Yeah. Bring your dog to work day. Every day. Every day. So, and I can talk about it now because I'm trying to keep it secret because we're surprising my mom at dinner tomorrow night. Man. Well, and you surprised me. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job. So thanks for listening, everybody. Check the internet, mayfairtheater.ca and all the normal social media stuff for upcoming news on future cool movies. We'll be back next week starting to talk about, God, Christmas stuff almost. Whoa, easy. Easy, easy. Too, too soon, bud. Thanks a lot for listening again, everybody, and we'll see you back next week at the Mayfair Theatre Podcast. Bye. Bye. Now I have to drive around the city looking for discount Halloween candy at every place I can think of. As you should. Yeah, Josh has been here already. Harold and Maud met at the funeral of a perfect stranger. From then on, things got perfectly stranger and stranger. Paramount Pictures presents Harold and Maud, starring Ruth Gordon and Bud Court. Harold, he loves to hang by his neck in the family drawing room, float for hours in the swimming pool, face down, and drive around town in a custom hearse. Maud, she loves to steal motorcycles from policemen, liberate canaries from pet shops, and paint mustaches on church windows. Harold and Maud, he's in love with death. She's in love with life. Opposites attract. Harold and Maud. Well, if you want to sing out, sing out. And if you want to be free, be free. In color, rated GP parental guidance may not be suitable for pre-teenagers. You know